or getting time away from the hustle and bustle of our lives. I, I, I think there's a, a huge portion of urban population that is constantly being bombarded with sound, no, you know, noise, visual, just, just there, there's endless so, distractions. There's so much stimulation sometimes. It, it takes time and, and mental energy to truly reflect on your situation. And, and, and here's another psychological thing. People don't want to do that because it's painful. Because they're going to have to face their failures. They're going to have to face you know, the fear of certain issues that may have not been resolved. Welcome to the QR Lab. Q for question, R for reality. But also, we're on a quest to try to understand our reality. So therefore, this is a lab. This is where things happen. Experimental. <clears throat> my name's Kuldeep Tagore. I'm here with... Amr Zeki. How are you doing, my friend? Okay. My, my friend? My friend. My friend. Okay. That, that didn't sound right. <laughs> <either>. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're going to just start rocking today, okay? Yes. Let's. Uh, you know what? Solitude. Solitude. No Let's talk about solitude. So just, okay? what, 30 minutes of silence? Let's it. Ready? Go. Okay. Stop the podcast. We're done. <laughs> Here we go. Why is it so important to be alone and to find time for solitude, for quiet self-reflection? Ancient people, heck, even people from the last century had time, or they made the time to be alone, to reflect on life, on their days, on their condition. What about us in the modern period, with all the time and the distractions? What are we doing with our time? Are we spending time to reflect on a regular basis? Daily? Weekly? Monthly? How many people are doing this? What proportion of the population is engaged in this important activity? Without knowing the statistics on this issue, it seems to me, just from life experience, that the minority of people engage in explicit self-reflection. This situation is leading us to a comatose state of heedlessness, a mass sedation that will soon lead to utter disaster, both for the inner life, let alone the outer one. I'm going to skip ahead and I'll read the last part. Seek deep comfort and solitude. Only then can you truly ever hear your own voice. I mean, come on. Oh, wow. That's a great quote. <clears throat> I mean, Is that's that yours or did of you? Of course it's mine. That's great. That's great. Me? I like that. You're you know, talking crazy. <clears throat> no, but I mean, you, you get the spirit of what I'm saying. I mean, I think the spirit here is that for many people, being alone or getting time away from the hustle and bustle of our lives, I, I, I think there's a, a huge portion of urban population that is constantly being bombarded with sound, no, you know, noise, visual, just, there, there's endless so, distractions. There's so much stimulation sometimes. I, I think that we do crave that moment of, like, ah, like, you know, somebody would describe that after a busy day at work, just coming home, sitting down on the couch and quote unquote, vegging out. What does vegging out mean? Essentially this, that you have, the, uh, I mean, that has sort of a more of a, uh, you know, like you're just not maybe self-reflection, which I think would be the next step above, but, yeah. you know, it can be soothing, calming. and Well, that's it, maybe the entrance into it, but you really, I'm talking about actual effort, which is work. It, it takes time and, and mental energy to truly reflect on your situation. And, and, and here's another psychological thing. People don't want to do that because it's painful, because they're going to have to face their failures. They're going to have to face you know, the fear of certain issues that may have not been resolved. 
And the thing is, is ancient man mm. could stare at night into that, you know, pit of fire and look into the, you know, wide starry sky above and be reminded of reality and, and to reflect on truly what is important. Because let me tell you, everything's falling apart right now. You, you know what's so interesting about what you said is that how solitude can be a reward to the self, but at the same time, it's also a punishment. What do we do to children when, they're, when we put them in time out? It's a self-punishment as well, but it's also discovery. How can you hear your own voice if you're not in utter quietude? What is that voice? You'll never hear it. You know, my children right now are trying to figure out what they want to do when they grow up. And when I told them, I said, I said, listen, there is a voice inside of you. It is in the heart, and God placed it there. No one can ever tell you anything until you are spend enough time with yourself in quiet to listen to what that voice is telling you, because it will tell you what you need to do. Listen to your heart, in other it, words. It, well, it's, it's, it's partly that, but also... There is a voice that speaks to you. Maybe it's your consciousness or conscientiousness. And that voice is giving you a message about your life purpose and your life task. And somehow you have to make that work in life. And it, let me tell you, man, it takes a lot of courage because some people, you know, they want to be, they, they want to enter into fields that are unbelievably restricted and, uh, um, and competitive, like acting, you know, being a ballet dancer, an NBA star. The chances, like so many things are stacked up against you, especially if you don't have the right physique or the right, you know. So it's a difficult one because not everybody can truly accomplish what is in their heart, but you at least have to listen. You have to first figure out what is the prescription of what, I, what it is I'm supposed to do and then start to take actions in life. But, I mean, that's one of many reasons. You could be in your 50s and you, you, you need to do this because you have to figure out, am I on the right track in life? Do I need to change course? Are things going along in the manner that they're supposed to? And if you're not reflecting on a regular basis, then, you know, and, and you're not identifying your failures, not just your successes, and trying to address them, then you're really not evolving in life. And your life is not going to have the full breadth of drama and action and, and really courageous action that you need to fully arrive at the kind of person that you're meant to be. You need quiet and solitude for this. It has to be integrated into a process, right? Because you you, you exactly. can't know who you are until you sit down with yourself and really. But you know that's what this is all about, right here. Exactly. So you take time with self reflection. You you write. You put your thoughts down. But I mean, I think for some people, being alone with their thoughts, as you just alluded, can it's actually be yeah, it can yeah. be a very scary thing actually because you're hearing a voice that might be telling you something that. Is very unsettling. You are on the right. Tr you're on the wrong track. You're on the wrong yeah. track, or 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 you know, people have negativity in their yeah. in their head, or they have doubt, and doubt is a very it's a, it's a very scary place for some. Also, people what's to the be. right voice? What if it's a parasite? It's not your true voice. So this is where this is why it, it actually helps you find who you are, like your true self. It, it is understanding the noise from the signal. What is the truth? What is the right voice? And what's a parasitic voice? Yeah, can we reflect on that concept right there, which you said about like having a voice in your head that's a parasite? It's not um, yours. That's right. actually comes, at least I had first encountered that idea from... Uh, four Don Agreements, Miguel, yeah. Yeah, the four, four Agreements, where there's this this discussion about everything that your that voice in your head is actually a parasite. Don't believe it. It's not you. Right. right. So, yeah. okay, but then who's not believing it? That's the real you, right? It's your so, consciousness. So you, yeah. you, you know, there is. You start to burrow down. There are these voices, but as you start to burrow down and say, "Well," asking the question, "Well, 
who is that? And then who's saying that? And then why is this voice coming? Why? Oh, that's your negative voice, right? Almost like, um, you know, this idea that there's these multiple different voices in your head, all kind of, you know, running, running the show, taking votes. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> I totally uh, see what you're saying. The, 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 there, this actually covers a larger issue, which is think about how you were raised by your parents and by the larger family, by society. Just, just ask yourself the question, what is the orientation? What are the values that are being passed on? My children, I expose them to different kinds of values than what they're getting in society and in school. You know, my, my daughter came home one day and she said, oh, you know, I was talking to my teacher, this is a year or two ago, you know, what, what, you know, studying and, you know, and going to college and all this. I said, well, why are you doing any of this? What's the point? She's like, so, yeah, so I want to go to college. I said, why do you want to go to college? She said, so I can get a job. I said, why do you want to get a job? She said, so I can make money. I said, wrong, wrong, wrong. Right? Everything your teacher told you, okay, it's wrong on a fundamental level. What is a job? I mean, comedians, right? <laughs> Who was it? Uh, Louis C.K. had a thing like, what is a job, right? Was it Louis C.K. or Bill Burr? One of those guys. This The idea is this. Of course, a comedian would be saying that. They don't have a real job. I mean, com well, comedians are speak the truth often, but... They do. They're um, almost political commentators. They're... they're social we, commentators. I'll say social commentators. You need them. I yeah. Mean, well, you, you can't examine some of the things that really need to be examined uh, because it's dangerous. But if you do it in a comedic way and one that is... I mean, like Mark Twain, right? It's the, That's yeah. the reason why they give the Mark Twain award. But anyway, getting back to the issue, and what I was trying to tell her is I said, listen... Your job, what you owe yourself, is to develop yourself as a human being in as many rich dimensions as you can. When you build value and you have that wealth of skill and knowledge and capability, the world will throw money and opportunity at you. Well, actually, That's you know, how it works. what we're seeing is actually a drop in people's knowledge uh, with the advent of social media because there's kind of this idea that— Or ability to think. I, I, I am stunned at how little my ad almost adult children know, actually know, like their actual knowledge is, and, and almost a, kind of a, 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 maybe not so much interest in, in actually acquiring more knowledge, just thinking about, well, what's the next step? What's the next thing I need to do? Just, it, it th this is a scary thing. I think that you're talking about, and you're trying to correct it in your own child and trying to say, that's a very concrete answer, right? Like if you think about that kind of thinking, it's not in the abstract. What you're talking about is maybe a little bit more abstract because it requires somebody to think outside of themselves. And, and you know, our, our, our kids are just learning that, especially you yeah, know, under I the mean, age of 25. I mean, right. you're, you're just barely trying to learn I that. I mean, she's idea. not wrong from a practical sense. No, she's, that, she's yes, totally you, right. She's you need, totally right. You need to have a job to make money in order to survive because we're in a monetary what, system. What do but, you want for your child? For them right. to be able to not suffer. How are they not going to suffer? How are they not going to starve? How are right. they, they going to actually have some sense of worth? She's absolutely right. She's yeah. got to go to college. She's got to get, you know, get a job. She's going to make money. But I think what you're mm -hmm. getting at is don't forget to stop and smell the roses. Take well, that well, moment of solitude. To well, that doesn't lead you anywhere because, because if you have a job, you're replaceable. How many people at McDonald's right now, 100% of them at a drop of a hat, they can be fired and another person can take their... But if you have a career, if you have a profession, if you have a unique skill set and a knowledge base that will challenge the best of the best in the world, then you are 
a force of nature to be contended with. Now, that's what a professional is supposed to be. That's why in our professional societies, we value independence because that's what it's all about, right? You're not easily replaceable. Yeah, maybe, you know, an aspect of your job someone can replace, but yeah. let me tell you something. But you yourself. The way you do it, and right, maybe not. maybe your ideas or your approach is totally unique. And and this is what it means to to have a profession and to develop a skill set that that literally anywhere in the world you go, at any moment of time, you'll be someone who will be valuable to that society, who they will be able to utilize immediately, and therefore you can have resources. That should be the, the direction of the arrow, right? Not that, oh, I want to do this career because it pays the most. Well, that's okay. So, okay, so you're making three times. Who cares? What are you going to do with all that money? And you're miserable because you're, that's not part of your life purpose. It's not part of your, your impassioned sense of being. And you're not, you know, when you're doing the work, it should not feel like work. Obviously, work has many aspects to it where there is a tremendous responsibility and it can wear down on you, right? Because you're, you're carrying a load. But if you love what you do, meaning it's it's an expression of really who you are as a person, it won't feel like work. It'll feel like you're being paid for a hobby because it's part of your nature. So what I was trying to express to them is this. Be alone. Sit quietly for as long as you need to. Figure out what you are and who you are. What is your impulse? What is your nature? What do you gravitate towards? That is what you should do. The thing you, you're pulled to for almost a primal almost inexpressible reason it's primal you, it's almost like you see a beautiful woman right or you see some you know beautiful scenery and, and you're so pulled by it. it's like a, it has a gravitational pull you're being attracted to it it's it's pulling you at a primal level come this is for you that is what i'm talking about that's good i like that it's powerful it's primal so yeah. when you're in solitude, you enter a primal state of being. And that's what I'm what I'm searching for at all times. Yeah, I mean I I, I think that takes practice. I I don't think it it comes very easily. Absolutely. Um, you know, you're you know, talking about you know, really being a human being versus a human doing. You got right? it. That's it. That's like a beautiful way of seeing it. We're just clunking along, you know. Collecting our checks, moving on it down the road. Dude, our you just talked our about duty. this play. This play you just talked about, right? Our entire society is human doing. Our entire we're measured based on productivity. How many patients did you see? How many uh, papers or whatever your metric is? You know how much you know. What have you accomplished? Which is fine because meritocracy is important in a hyper competitive field. But it ought to be rooted on something deeper, on something more profound, something more valuable than the superficial metrics of what is counted. So it's like, how do you assess the quality of, of somebody in your profession? What are the metrics to assess the quality and their ability to achieve their productivity and their longevity? It's more than just the superficial productivity. It's who they are as a person. It's their level of, of intelligence and creativity. And, and here's the bottom line. What do they create? What do they create that is so unique no other person on the planet is doing or can do what they do? That is what you judge them on. That, and that has to do with the primal force that I talked about earlier. You find that primal force and you act upon that, 100% guarantee you will succeed. That's a secret for life right there. But if you don't find that primal voice, 
that energy that keeps giving incessantly will never stop energizing you, then I can't guarantee success in, in, in your profession. Hmm. Like if you decided you wanted to be a filmmaker and that was in your heart from day one, and you were totally energized by it, and you actually developed the skills, meaning the hard work to feed into your talent, guess what? You'd be unstoppable. There's 100% guaranteed success. Guaranteed. Now, who the hell can say that to you? Nobody can, and nobody will, but I will, because I know that's the truth, and that's what's happened in my life, and it happened many, many times throughout my life. I can tell you through pure experience. And, and if you combine that with a visual sense, your creative sense, and you're, you're now listening to that primal voice that's pulling you there, you have no fear at all. 100% guaranteed success. Now, who, who can say that? Nobody can say that. I mean, this comes from God. And that's, that's the bottom line is I don't, I'm not worried about failing or succeeding at anything. I'd never worry about that. When I was younger, I did, right? Because, you know, to achieve a big dream, you have to have a little bit of healthy fear. You know, you have to realize that you could fail and, and you know, you could not make it. But after a certain level, you there is no such thing as failure or success anymore. No, that's not what matters. What matters is what do you create? Are you creating something that comes from you, something that is unique and original to you, no matter what the rest of the world thinks? Doesn't matter. And if they don't like it, then you'll fail and that's fine. And you'll go off into the sunset. But you know what? You listened to that primal voice and you acted upon it and you did the best you can. You've worn out your life. And on your deathbed, when you look back, I did it. I jumped in head first. I put all my energy into it. And you know what? I failed. I don't care. That's okay because that's not what matters in the end. What matters is did you act upon that creative, powerful, primal force that got you to the point where you are today? That's what matters because that is re the real value and trajectory of growth in life. And if you happen to make it big and solve the problem you're working on, fantastic. That's a cherry on the cake. That's the icing. That's, that's truly you know, winning the game. But if you don't achieve that, then that's fine because you've at least lived an authentic life and you've gone after the thing that animates you. What animates you? What gets you going? What, you know, completely juices you up. That's what people should go after. And, and if they fail, then they fail. But what does our culture teach us? You have to succeed. You, you have to have money. Oh, you're going to end up being homeless. Okay. Then, then you're homeless. It's radical. I have a radical view. And my children, I expose them to these ideas. And, and you, don't, I you don't really want your child to be homeless, though. They'll never be homeless because the kind of culture that we have the kind of security that we have as a family, as a, as a larger whole, we help each other. But, it, it, you know, if they if they fail trying to well, do the what, thing, what, then but, let them but, fail. But, but what if, like, they choose a path that is leads to their ruin? Okay, if it's something, like, uh, you know, through, ethically... Through, through the processes, like, this is, this is what I'm getting at, is that, you know, sometimes to understand a concept like solitude, we have to look at it, ex maybe look at it in its extreme... To, to try to evaluate it that way too, right? Because there's many facets to sol this solitude. It can be good. It can be a way to find your inner voice. And from there, you can, it, like you are saying, achieve anything you want, right? Like, but it can only be done with the investigation of the self and knowing what you really want, spending that time, 
you know, almost organizationally maybe, or just letting go into your true essence of who you are, right? So that, so there's the benefits of solitude. But what about it in its extreme, where let's just say somebody who wants to join a monastery, yeah, um, or you know the practices in uh, India or in the in the East where people go off and yeah. they 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 spend great many many years alone, you know, just in yeah. contemplation and in thought and just in being and in existence. That's and, what they want to do, and that's that that's their thing. Then let them. I mean, I struggle with, well, like, yeah, what if your children, you know, they, they never have a focus and they go, try a bunch of different things. The next thing they know, they're 50 and they don't have a dollar to their name. Then there is misguidance because then that means they have not done it properly. Because if you do this properly, you'll discover it very early on. I mean, is there on. such a thing as properly? Well, what I mean is if you spend the time mm-hmm. to do this, you know, by the time you're in your teens, something should have spoken to you by then, right? We, we have all had this experience, right? Like in your teens and you, before, you, before you get to be 20, like something has spoken to you. There's something that is pulling you that you want to do, right, as a profession. Well, I mean, most teens are quite rebellious. I mean, uh, right. across the, even the spectrum and across cultures, it's something that happens in the teenage years where, right. you know, a sense of rebellion starts to arise against the, uh, the authority. Now, is, that, is this a great time to just start saying, I mean, think about this. Hey, you you're, you're completely empowered to just go into yourself and think to what you want and go get it and or go do it. I mean... I wonder. I think yes. I think that it could be, but I also think that there is, you know, some caution. That yes, needs to be there's laid. a limit to it. And, I and agree. I don't know that there's a. I don't know that <laughs> that there is a defined absolute outcome that is going to be positive out of this, right? Like, okay, you have a point. You're talking about something subtle, and I appreciate your point because I actually understand it and I agree with it. Which is this: you tell your child to go do this, and they come up with something that is just like is just crazy, right? I mean, you can come up with 100 examples. So you have to sit with the person and say, okay, give yourself a limited period of time where you engage in this activity. Give yourself the opportunity to experience that to see if this is truly part of your that primal voice, that life test that you want to... But then also give yourself the opportunity to reflect continuously with repeated episodes of solitude in order to really listen to that voice, get clarity on that voice, you know? Because I think if you match, if you find truly what that is and you you are one with it, it, it feels so real and so true. You have so much confidence that you're going to succeed. You will be unstoppable, whatever that thing is. That's why I say 100% success. The level of confidence that you have on the inside, it's you cannot express with words. You know, and you, you're, yeah, might I fail? Bring it. Let me fail. Good. But you know what? What comes after failure? Triumph. You know, the hero arc typically involves a period of solitude. You know, and, and many of these out in the wilderness, are, right? The Epic well, of Gilgamesh, right? All of it. Odysseus, Fortress of Solitude, Superman. Right. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. But I, 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 exactly. If you go through the hero arc, like right. starting from ancient times, it's same it, story. It always involves a, a period of solitude. So, I mean, you're, you're so, so. So, what am I saying? In other you, words, you're absolutely. Right. I'm trying to awaken the hero within yourself. That's right. And who are you a hero to? You're a hero unto yourself. You can never be a hero to anyone else unless you're a hero unto yourself first. Become your own hero, achieve, then be a hero to everyone else. You have to be confident and proud of who who yes. you are, and and that's I think that's where sometimes 
people can get caught up in their own minds is that they are not happy with who they are. They, they see themselves and there's evaluation, there's comparison going, oh, I'm just not as brave as this person or man, I'm just not as smart as this person. You know, I, I'm not able to do so that negative talk. You know? Do you remember that song by uh, Sting? He says, uh, you know, I had a box of stars in my head. I never, I had a box of stars in my head. I never dared to open. That's actually what he's talking about. That box of stars in your head, that's the primal voice. And um, every every human, listen, we're all going to die. All the naysayers, they're all going to be dead. Entropy. Everyone's going to die. You're going to die. Your children are going to die. Death is part of life and birth cycles, right? What don't, are we, don't, don't be too uplifting here. Now. No, no, listen. Don't. What are we afraid of? Okay? We're the only animal. The unknown. We're the only creature who knows we are going to die. No other animal knows it's going to die. Mm. No other animal actually knows it's going to, as far as we know, right? As well, far as we know. Yeah, okay. Maybe I'm wrong, but as far as we know, okay? We're the only ones that we know we're going to die. Okay. What kind of life do you want to live? You, you want to live a life of a bunch of what ifs? What if this? What if that? No. I'm not saying throw caution to the wind, but I'm kind of saying that in a way, but I'm kind of not saying it at the same time. This is what... This is, okay, getting back to what you said, your injunction. You have to have a healthy level of pragmatism, right? This is what I want to do. I'm going to execute on it. Well, to execute on it, you have a list of 35 different things you need to do on time and to do them effectively in order to outcompete everybody else to win at whatever that game is, right? So once you find that voice, you're energized to get that stuff done, right? You, okay. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. I'm going to get it all done. But then it becomes an afterthought. So it becomes what's called mission-oriented. You only think of the end goal. You don't care how you get there. There's an end goal. I am going to get there. I'm going to achieve that regardless of the cost. How I get there, whether I take pathway A, B, C, X, Z, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. I want to land a spaceship on Mars and set up a colony, that's the end goal. That's what we're going to do. How we're going to get there, doesn't matter. We're, we're, we're just going to start. So that when, when you have that, that uh, pull, that gravitational pull, that primal voice is pulling you forward, that comes at a cost because now you have to organize, right? You got to build spaceships, right? You got to build a bunch of rockets that cuts hundreds, hundreds of millions of dollars. They're going to explode. They're, right? What Elon Musk is doing, right? You, you know what I'm talking about. He risked everything. He almost went bankrupt. On that last rocket in 2008, if it didn't work, he was finished, meaning he was personally destitute, okay? That's what I'm talking about. So he was willing to take the risk. He put everything on the line. He got organized, and he was willing to risk it all. That is what I'm talking about. You have to be willing to risk it all, and you have to be willing to fail because you can never fully self-actualize and become what you're meant to become if you operate out of fear, you cannot. You have to be fearless. You have to be patient. You have to be fearless. You have to be open-minded too, right? You have to have all of these come together. But and, and and the recognition is, I'm only here for a brief period. Yeah. Can Can I ask you a question? Like when you're talking, sometimes you make it sound like everybody has to do this. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm not saying everybody has to. I'm saying, in my reflections, there is a benefit. To doing this. Well, so what if some what if some people just don't want to do that? That's fine. That's okay. You don't have to. I'm saying for those who chose to do it, that's what it means. That's what the path is. That's what 
the, the outcome could could lead to. Do, I mean, because, I'm just reflecting. Like the, yeah. no, uh, no, and I don't mean to like turn this on you, but I'm just like reflecting on this idea about solitude and that, you know, some people might be just very content in their solitude. They might be okay with that. That's they right. Might, they might be peace. They, m- maybe that is the answer. I am coming a very passionate and strong about this, but there are many outcomes to solitude. You don't have to. I'm, re- I'm really talking about a very specific scenario, which is the young person who's reflecting on what they want to do with their life. That's so a you very encourage unique... that person to yeah. take a moment, reflect, look within, and to do that, they would have to, you know, be a... Yeah, but if you're 60 and you're doing it, that's a very different discussion. Right. I, I, you know, this whole time I've been, I've been talking about a very young, early person who's trying to get their trying life going. Trying to develop themselves. Yeah, but if you're 60 or you're 50 or 70 and you're exercising in solitude there may be a very different goal and outcome that comes out of it. I mean, solitude is much larger than the example I'm talking about here. There's way more to the benefit that it can provide, including, like you said, peace. It's uh, a benefit, but it's also a punishment. But in punishment, there's benefit. In suffering, there is wisdom. And there's also suffering that can lead to negative consequences. This is where... Engagement in the suffering could lead to a positive outcome. If you don't engage the suffering, it will lead to negative outcomes. I mean, we're, we're, look, we're human beings. We're naturally social creatures. To yeah. deprive us of the interactions, you know, may have very negative consequences on the brain. I'm sure there's research on this that I am probably not. I'm not saying become a monk. Of. I'm saying spend time, put time aside to be alone. But even somebody who's a monk. They are actually, they're alone, but they're actually spending time engaging, probably. Oh, they're in a community, yeah, of course. You know, yeah. But they're spending time probably engaging about concepts that are so much greater than themselves. Of course, yeah. You know, um, but there's just a simplicity in the life of, you know, you wake up, uh, kind of like from the Nacho Libre movie, where it says, <laughs> I, I wake up, I make some soup, my life is the best, I go to bed every night uh, alone. I love that movie, man. Yeah, it's a fan. I, I, I didn't Jack do the Jack Black's act. one of his not, best. Not only did <laughs> I mess up the accent, I totally messed up the line, but... You know, th- this idea that life alone, it's simple, it can, it can be, but I, I think the vast majority of people don't want that life. They, you know, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying go live in a monastery. I guess what I'm talking no, I, about— No, I, I didn't think you were saying that. No, 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 yeah, I, I think what I'm talking about, I guess maybe a larger way, a larger uh, way of saying it is, really it's talking about the extent of human potential, really. Um, and human potential is one of those deep, deep wells. We don't know where it ends. And the interesting thing is everybody's got, every single person has their own well of potential. Uh, some people have more, some people have less, but everybody has way deeper than they actually appreciate. I mean, a single human life of 80 to 100 years is not enough for you to fully express the powers that you have as a single human being. Yeah. It's not enough. You know what? If, uh, okay, 500 years. You're going to live to be 500. You will still not be done with learning, with evolving, with expressing your creative uh, powers. You won't be done. Okay, live 1,000. You still won't be done. Okay, live 5,000 years. You still will not be done. <laughs> be- why? Because the depth of your consciousness has got so much in it that it goes to infinity. Okay? goes to infinity. Now, you live to be, what, 80, 85, 100? You're not scratching the surface of your powers. That's why I'm saying enough with the fear. Go do it. Whatever it is, 
be pragmatic, make your to-do list. But you know what? And the naysayers, they're all going to be wiped out, just like you will be wiped out. Smoke and ashes. Marcus Aurelius said, what people say doesn't matter because we are all smoke and ashes. Smoke and ashes. Remember the, that. The illusion. Yeah. No, the smoke and ashes. It means we're, 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 we're finished. We're done. You know, and, and um, you're done even before you start. Your death is encoded. Right? And so, you know, at the end of the day, what I'm saying is, yeah, let the naysayers, let, let, you know, let people say what they want to say. Let the people be afraid. That's fine. Go. Go be afraid. Yeah, I have fears too. I don't want my children to, you know, be run over by a car. But that's it. Other than that, you know, if, if they want to do something and fail at it, let them. Go do it. Yeah, because there's value in it within limits. Yeah, I don't want them to be homeless. But you know what? They'll never fully taste the vigor of life if they don't find that voice and go after it fully. Knowing they could fail. Okay? That's it. And on that note, shall we conclude? Spend time alone. Reflect. I, I feel like I need to. Let's stop. Yeah. This podcast has hit a wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, this is this is a very interesting stuff. So we will uh, probably return to some of the other concepts that we hit here, but... Um, I think that for now, this is um, an opportunity. This time, this space, where we exist in this moment. Bring it. This is why we're here, to question our reality. To continue this quest, we'll need you all. Like, subscribe. Join us on this quest. The QR. Lab. We want to emphasize that the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely our own, and they do not reflect the official policies or positions of our employers and places of employment or any of their affiliates. Additionally, our discussions on this podcast should not be considered professional advice or endorsements of any particular organizations, products, or individuals. We're here to share our thoughts and stimulate conversation, but we encourage you to do your own research and form your own opinions.